Hey everyone, welcome to Black, Married, and in the Military, a podcast that explores unique experiences, challenges, and even triumphs of military life. I'm Teresa Alexis, known as the Military Bride Strategist, and I'm your host. Today I am joined by Robin Turner, Marine Corps wife, who is going to talk to us today about staying close to your spouse, communication, homeschooling, and following your own dreams. So everybody help me welcome Robin. She's going to talk to us today. Hey, how are you? I'm good. How are you doing? I'm doing very well. Very well. That's good. I know in, during this season, not everybody is feeling at their best. So it's good mm-hmm. to hear that you're doing very, very well. Yeah. Yes. It's, it's, it's been a long journey, you know, especially from, you know, because of last year, a lot of things have happened, especially with the pandemic. Um, being inside kind of help you learn about yourself. Some things you don't want to know. Some things you, you know, <laughs> find out like, ooh, ooh, I'm like that. Ooh. <laughs> but right. it's all part of growing, right? It's all part of growing. It is. So I want to know just about your experience as a military wife. Okay. So um, I've been married to my husband now for 19.5 years. And um, so, you know, it's been a, a journey. I tell people all the time that it's hard work, but it's worth it. Um, you know, we've, you know, we got married. I was 22. He was 25. And the way that it happened was, okay, so he was a MESEP Marine, which means, you know, he goes to college for the purpose of becoming an officer. So um, in his senior year, there was like, you know, I think he was like one class short of graduating on time, like on May, but it wasn't like, you know, the day after you graduate, you go to TBS. It wasn't like that. It was, you know, you had to wait a while. And um, so he was like, okay, it shouldn't be a problem because the one class that I need, you know, it's going to be available that first session in summer. So uh, basically he told the Marine Corps that, and they was like, no. And so he, I think he had picked up like Sergeant and um, they busted him all the way down to Lance Corporal. Now, mind you, this is when, like, this is like week one of us getting married. Like, <laughs> oh my, busted goodness. him all the way down to Lance Corporal. We didn't get paid for two and a half months. I was pregnant with my, our first child. Um, I was doing like, like uh, a waitressing job just to like put food on the table. Like we did not get paid or anything. It was terrible because there, cause the Marine Corps thing was, you know, we're promoting you and with the intention of you getting, you know, becoming an officer. And now that you're not becoming an officer, no, we're going to bust you down to how you, where you started. That's what happened. So Long story Wait short. a minute. Wait, we got to pause right there and marinate on that because that's crazy. It is crazy. But it that's also accurate in how the military does not, Marine Corps specific, because I was a Marine, 
is how they don't try to work with you when it's something that small that small that small it was crazy it was crazy so here's the thing though so we were at virginia tech and one of my friends um okay i'll I'll just say i'll just say it very general one of my friends was the daughter of the sergeant major of the marine corps at that time and so well i just said how long i've been married so i guess you can do the math and figure out who that was (laughs) but anyway so i would so one day i was talking to her and she you know because she's my friend right and so here's this grievance that i have and you know i'm talking to her and i was like yeah this is what happened and she was like oh no call my daddy so i was like all right let me get his number and so I gave it to my husband and he looked at me. He was like, I ain't calling the Sergeant Major of the Marine Corps what I look like. And so I was like, all right, whatever. You know, I see her again. And she was like, my daddy is looking for his phone call. You know how some kids be like, my daddy said, you know. Yeah. And so he called him and basically Sergeant Major of the Marine Corps was like, listen, this is what I can do for you. I can get you out of the Marine Corps scot-free. Like, like nothing happened, honorably discharged, all of the, everything. And I was like, okay, <laughs> you know, this is me thinking, right? But I kept my mouth shut because one thing I told him and I was dumb enough to believe God, you know, that he would do something crazy for us, you know? Uh, cause, cause that's how we have to have childlike faith, right? For real. And I had some really childlike, childlike faith. And I said, listen, and I told him, I said, I don't care what you do as long as you follow your heart and follow God. And he was like, okay. So he prayed about it. And then he was like, I'm staying in the Marine Corps. And I'm like, see, <laughs> that ain't what I wanted to hear, but because you know they done messed over my man i'm I'm about to go you know you're young and dumb like i'm about to cuss somebody out you know who you think you are messing with my man you know wow so long story short he stayed in and he was down in buford our first duty station together down in buford with a slash mark as a lance corporal. i think it was one or two slash marks as a lance corporal and that was very humbling for him. Hash marks. <laughs> huh? Hash marks. <laughs> is that what it is? Yeah. Hash marks. Yeah. 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 So yeah, it was, it was. So I then, yeah, it did suck. But then what happened was he uh, filed the paperwork to get him promoted. So he kind of like showed his work. And so within like, is that what they were doing back then? Yeah, it, it was it was something where he would get meritoriously promoted. Okay. Something like that. So long story short, he got promoted like within a week. Okay, so he was down in Buford. And I think it took him about a couple of months. And then within a week, he went from Lance Corporal back to Sergeant. Like meritoriously promoted. Like it was, it was weird. Skipped the whole rank. It's Yeah. But it's, it's I know it's right. possible. I, I know it, it is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And so I'll never forget when someone was like, hold up, you was 
take them things off. Like he was like, all right, whatever. But he was humble. He was humble. And I was humble too. Cause you know, I'm in there, I'm in the thick with him, you know? Right. And so, yeah, he got promoted. And then uh, he finally, like it took, he was a Sergeant forever. Like sometimes I still call him, Hey, Sergeant Turner, <laughs> just a joke. It's just joking. Um, so it's, but the desire for him to be an officer was still there. And I never will forget when he, it was coming time for reenlistment. And, um, you know, he still wanted to be an officer. And he, and then someone offered him a job in San Jose, California. It was like a three feet. It was like 90, not three figures. It was more like $90,000. Like it was a pretty good amount. And he was, and he was like, okay, what do you think I should do again? I'm like, just pray on it. I don't have time for the drama. I need you to just do what God tells you to do. That, that's, that was my whole approach. Now inside though, I was like, you better take that job. <laughs> right. San Jose, San Jose, California. And so um, he was like, okay, I prayed about it and I'm not going to take the job. I'm going to reenlist. And I was like, again, oh my God, are you serious? Are you serious? But, you know, it ended up being a blessing because he, it, you know, he got rank. Um, he um, got a recruiting job up in Virginia and um, he still wanted to be officer though. And he would put in his package. It would sit on people's desk and not go through. People would tell him like, even racist people would just tell him sideways. You ain't never going to be an officer. You ain't never going to do this. And I'd be ready, like, you know, what's up? You saying, what you saying to my husband? Like, for real, let's go. You know, I'm ready to scrap. But he still had that heart's desire to go. And I would still push him. I'd be like, hold up. Don't waste my, that's how I put it. That's how we talk. Like, look, don't waste my time. I don't want to hear you 50 years from now talking about some moon. I wish I would have. No, I need you to pursue your dreams, Right. Right. And so uh, he was like, yeah, yeah. So he'd put it in package. It'll sit on somebody's desk, put it in a package. It'll sit on somebody's desk. And I was praying. I was like, God, I, I need you. I need you. Like what's going on. And he got um, recruiting duty and it was in, it was stationed out of Frederick, Maryland. But the spot that he was going to be was in Fredericksburg, Virginia. My favorite place. And I look on the map. And I'm like, Fredericksburg, Virginia, Quantico. <gasps> That's like down the street from Quantico. You know what I mean? And so I was like, listen, babe, this is, the, this is it. This is it. If you have to literally walk your package to the place where it needs to be, then that's what it, that's, that's what you can do. Right. So time progressed and he put in another package and literally that's what he had to do. He literally had, cause it sat on somebody's desk and they was not trying to push it. He literally had to sign this, sign here, go to here. Okay, sign here <laughs> and literally walk it there. And he got commissioned and, you know, long story short. So it, and this was after he got gunnery sergeant. So he went from gunnery sergeant to lieutenant, but he followed his dreams and he kept on going. So, and I kept, look, don't you want to be an officer? 
<laughs> Don't waste my time. <laughs> Just go. Let's go. Let's get it. But he finally got it. And so that that's a testament of perseverance on his part, you know, just pursuing pursuing his dreams, you know. Well, two things you you said that I want to touch on. One is the way y'all conversate. I know for me, me and my husband conversate kind of similar. People be like, y'all shouldn't talk to each other like that. And I know another couple that talk, they talk like that, but that works for them. And they right. get it because they are married. You know, mm-hmm. and other people's like, oh, somebody's going to get offended. You might be offended, but we're not offended because that's how we, we talk to each other all the time. We did yeah. that when we were dating. We did that before we had kids. We still going to do that probably to the day we die. Exactly. So, you know, I just want to touch on that because your communication may not look how everybody thinks it should, yes. but it, sh- it should be whatever works for you. Like, it should I be whatever. Uh-huh. Yeah, me and my husband don't curse at each other. Oh, no. Some couples do. And exactly. while, while I'm not a fan of that, they know that they are lighthearted and that they love each other and they're not saying, you know, F you and all that crazy kind mm-hmm. of stuff, you know, but they're talking in a way where each other understands and while the rest of us are over here like are are they like about to fight they may just be playing you know and so it's something that works for them also too just everything you just mentioned that your husband went through I was gonna be an officer I was but like when I had my second kid the Lord said something different so I followed that instead because mm-hmm. I went to Quantico. That was my last duty station with the purpose of doing exactly what you just said your husband did. Yeah. Because I was working on it prior to getting there. And I chose that duty station for that reason. But when mm-hmm. I got there and had my daughter, the Lord was just like, no. And I was like, no, no, mm-hmm. <laughs> you mm-hmm. know, but I am so thankful that I listened because I definitely wouldn't be here in this space right now. Mm-hmm. I would be somewhere else doing something yeah. else, probably still in the military at this time, probably getting ready to retire or close to it. But that's not that's not what God had for me. Mm-hmm. So and just I know just watching your husband go through that kind of stuff was encouraging to you. Yeah, it was encouraging. One thing I want to touch on the communication with communication, it takes intimacy. And so one thing that we do is we we have rules and set boundaries that we've established a long time ago, right? So there is no uh, disrespect towards each other. Um, there And not only that, but he knows I have his best interest at heart. I know he has my best interest at heart. So when I tell him stuff like, look, you know, you better get it together. You know, you better do what God tell you to do because I ain't got time for nothing else. He knows what I mean. He also knows who I am. So in that, in that level of intimacy and communication, we allow each other to be ourselves so that, um, you know, we can still love each other. And not only that, I'm not putting up a front or fake. And so he gets the authentic me and I get the authentic him. And then in that space, we can, you know, be ourselves authentically. You know, um, it was something else you said. What was the last thing you? Oh, I was, well, the last thing I said was I was talking about how your husband's journey inspired you. Oh, yes. So 
a lot of times us women, we always want to give, 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 give and not do for ourselves. And that was a hard lesson that I had to learn for myself. So here I am pushing this man to fulfill his dreams. But here I am um, not really pursuing my dreams and what I wanted to do. And so in that, I got into a big funk, like, okay, he's an officer. He's doing what he wants to do. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. And so um, I was pursuing um, education because I love kids. You know, I could teach, I could teach a kid how to read, like what I could teach a kid to math. Like I could, that's my thing. That's what I do. Okay. Wait, pause. I got an 11 year old, seven year old and a six year old that I can send you away since, you know, <laughs> we were already friends prior to this. I will be scheduling some zoom calls with you so that you can help them out. I'm retired. <laughs> I'm retired. My kid, my last kid just graduated high school. I know that's so crazy to me. They were so tired, <laughs> but that's what I initially wanted to do. But as we um, move from station to station, you learn that each community needs something different. Each community have different struggles. Uh, each community have different, um, I don't know, demons per se that they got to wrestle with, right? Mm -hmm. And so as I move from community to community, doing community service, community service is my life. You know, that's just what I do. Um, I discovered, hey, I like people and human behavior and <laughs> we're helping, helping people get from point A to point B in life. Um, and I realized through, you know, whether it's ministry or uh, mentoring people or, you know, whatever, whatever it was, um, that that is what I really wanted to do. That's, it's, it's one thing, it's one thing when you're good at something so education and teaching kids and being with kids, that's something that I'm really good at naturally. But then it's another thing when you start pursuing something that you feel like the reason why you sucking up air right now is for this. Mm -hmm. And so um, I've really become very passionate about um, family, family structure, um, helping families, helping broken people to include kids and women, um, you know, in that setting. And so that's when I went back to school to pursue my dreams. And really it was off of watching my husband be persistent, you know, and doing that. And so it, it the roles were reversed. <laughs> so now he's the one that's like, you got yourself together. <laughs> you got your right. And you know, gonna finish school. When you gonna finish school? Let's go. Let's go. Uh, finishing school, Jesus help. I know. <laughs> and uh, I, I can definitely attest to that because for most of us women, we are always watching our husband, even when we're dual military, watching our husband go after their dreams. And not always are we sitting there, mm -hmm. like just watching, but they'll tr they'll meaning the military as an organization mm -hmm. or just some yeah. commands because some commands just be crazy mm -hmm. making us feel like we're bad mothers or wives for doing the exact same thing that our husband is doing and we're both in uniform mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. I'll never forget how, so this is the sucky part about being dual military. You don't always get a great command at the same time, unless you're in the same command. Mm-hmm. Like, and me and my husband were never really in the same command because our mm-hmm. jobs were different. I was mm-hmm. motor T at one point and he was supply. Then I was finance and he was logistics. N- nowhere really close. And right. so wasn't like admin who can go any and everywhere. Mm-hmm. So with him, he would have a good command and mine would just be crap. Or I would have a great command and his would be trash. And yeah. so it's like, we would be like, so how come we can't just get like a great command at the same time where they get that we're both in the military and that we're both yeah. trying to do stuff to progress our career and that we also have kids because mm-hmm. his command would be requiring me to do everything. And it's like, I'm not at home. And yeah. if I was, I would probably be working, you know, and then my command is like, y'all already know my husband is active duty. Cause I know y'all look me up cause y'all have the capability and that's what y'all do. Y'all yeah. look all of us up before we get there. So, you know, I got kids, you know, I got an active duty spouse. Y'all still want a trip when I get here? Yeah. So, but I would say, I pride myself on saying I had better commands than he did. Because mm. my higher ups were not afraid to tell somebody about themselves. Yeah. And I know a lot of people will say this don't matter. It mattered for me. They looked like me m- most of the time. And mm. even if they didn't have the same situation, they still cared and got and understood that my husband was a Marine and so was I. Mm-hmm. There was one, one Master Guns I had where him and his wife used to be in. I used to work for his wife like way back in the day. Me and my yeah. husband used to work for her. And so then he knew who I was when I met him and he was in my new job. So he was like, yeah, I'm gonna take care of y'all. I'm gonna make sure that y'all can switch off. And when your husband is deployed or, you know, whatever, because his job was just like, go, go, go go Mm -hmm. go and go forever mine wasn't like that we'd go on exercises we'd go on like the mew occasionally we would get attached to a deployment you know when I went to finance and uh but it wasn't like him where the whole unit picks up and just goes right finance wasn't like that and I don't know like it's 2021 they may be like that now but they were not when I was in the MOS and so for us you know, having somebody who got it and didn't, I know people would say this is wrong, but made the burden, y'all can't see my air quotes, but made the burden easier because it's hard. It's hard having a spouse in the military and it's definitely hard when both of you are in there. Yeah. So, you know, I've, I felt many times where I felt like I had to hold myself back because his command was being so stupid and he had to do certain things to not make himself look bad. Now I didn't look bad at work either. Cause I ain't about to do that, <laughs> but you know, there's, I took one for the team. Yeah. Just to help him out because yeah. his command was just being crazy or on the other side, he hasn't really had to do this for me. Finance. Let me just say, I know everybody's experience is different in MOSs. I happen to have some people that I knew and was connected to prior to me moving mm-hmm. into the MOS. So it was kind of better for me in that way. I feel mm-hmm. like God gave that to me where I had connections already there. I didn't know they were in that MOS, but once I got over there, I was like, oh, I know you or I know your husband or, you know, I know your child, which is kind of right. funny to say. <laughs> so, you know, but 
I feel like God did that for me because you going into a new MOS. And at that time I had just had the baby. So I was on that six month period where I had to lose the weight. And so they're like, Oh, you about to be an NCO, but you're like overweight, you know? And so I feel like God protected me in that way from so many other things that could have happened. Um, and of course my husband just kind of go back to work (laughs) because he don't have to lose the baby weight and none of that. But Mm -hmm. You know, for him, he's had to do some things and kind of not go like I know for him, his belt level, he didn't go as high up in his belt level so that I could because Mm -hmm. he went on. I think at this time he went on two deployments, two combat deployments. Let me just say that I didn't go on any combat deployments. Mm -hmm. My deployment was Japan. And it's like, yeah. yeah that's a vacation <laughs> i love but, japan <laughs> me too like love i went it. all kinds of places while we were stationed there by the way but you know mm-hmm. i went up to black belt he didn't go that high that's something i wanted to do and i wanted to become an instructor didn't really do that part because you know sister girl got knocked up when husband came back from the deployment but ah, it'd be like that sometimes hey be like that so but i can definitely attest to that where it feels like we're just like pushing 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 them and we tend I think I think it's a natural response actually where we just want to push people and it's like oh snap you look around it's like I ain't pushing myself nowhere not for real or I thought I did but I'm not really where I'm trying to be Mm -hmm. I think it's very important that um because they say hindsight is 2020 right one thing I wish I did was as I was pushing him up was also taking care of my um, needs and uh, taking care of my, um, just making small steps towards my goals, you know, um, or, or not, even, not even just that, but also just realizing uh, who I am as well. Cause I think that was also a period in time when, especially in my twenties and maybe a little bit of my thirties, where I was just really trying to wrestle with who is Robin, you know? And right. now that I'm in my forties, it's like, you know, this is me. What's up? You know? Yeah. You know, I'm in my forties now. So, you know, I, I'm, I'm blessed. I'm blessed because um, I did have a lot of support. I did have support. One thing that I, that really helped me, especially in the beginning of our marriage And in the beginning of my adulthood is um, God put some women in my life to really mentor me. So when we went to Beaufort, our first uh, duty station, uh, we got connected to a church and, um, you know, some, I I just, that's where I met my mentor. And to this day, you know, I consider her my mentor, you know, in terms of just learning how to be a woman. Because sometimes you, you know, you grow up in situations where you aren't taught or you aren't mothered or you know whatever the case may be to kind of teach you how to be a woman and so God put women in my life um, and I paid attention to that God put couples in our lives you know we had a vision when we got married you know long story short my husband was like listen this this is how both of us was talking we was like listen you come from drama I come from drama but we gonna come together and we ain't gonna have no drama. <laughs> so it's like we're gonna do something different, 
And so what had to happen was we had, we had an idea, you know, I'm, you know, I'm from the generation that literally grew up on, um, you know, the Cosby show. Right. And, and to a lot of black kids, um, especially, you know, in that, you know, the young Gen Z old millennial, we, I call us zennials, right. Um, uh, Gen X, generation X, I'm sorry, generation X and old millennials. That's what it, that's what I meant to say. Um, you know, we grew up watching the Cosby show and that was our idea of a family. We watched, um, you know, a different world. So, you know, having a college education, that was very, that's very important to us, you know? Um, so we had an idea of what we wanted, but we never saw it in real life. So when we saw it in real life, we was like, hey, you, you know. Right. So we so those are those are the people that we gravitated to, the people who had what we wanted. So we so we met a family who was in the military. The husband was in the military. Um, and you know, they got, you know of course they have issues just like everyone has issues it's not like it's perfect but at the same time they were willing to share with us their imperfections and how they overcome it how they overcome the trials and issues that they go through you know right and I think that's so important like for us I would always look for a dual military couple Mm -hmm. godly (laughs) <laughs> to a military couple because that yeah. was important to me I don't need somebody just giving me advice and yes. I don't need somebody just saying what they think is right because most of the time it would be like oh if you don't like it get out of it okay what about all couples have issues you right know, right I may not like this thing about him but that don't don't mean I don't love him and vice versa he may not like this thing about me but that don't mean we we should get divorced like exactly what? how do we get over that exactly right. What skills do we need to get, to talk it out? Because communication is a learned skill. Yes. Amen. Mm -hmm. The end. (laughs) I mean, we get this end right there because that is very, very true. And so for us, we would always look for those couples. And we found a few who are willing to talk to us, talk to us and coach us through things and just be our mentors. Now, not all people were like military but I could tell for me I'm just like okay this ain't gonna work for me and I'll never show up again but for my husband he's like well I kind of want to hear what they got to say and I want to hear what they got to say because most of the time it would feel like I'm being attacked and it's like number one y'all have no idea what I'm going through because neither one of y'all none of y'all not the husband not the wife sometimes just not the wife has been in my shoes. So you don't get that part. All you're thinking is husband in the military and just wife. I'm not at home. I send my kid to daycare. I have to put on these camis and these boots every day. And Mm -hmm. I have to go there, look at these people who I know hate me (laughs) because I'm black, a woman, whatever they hate me for. I don't care. But, you know, and y'all not thinking about that piece. So you just want to coach me on what's wrong with me and not talk about the things that my husband is doing. Or vice versa. You just want to talk about what's wrong with my husband and not just us as a whole. Now, I'm not saying that women who haven't served in the military won't have good advice and stuff that can help. But just in my experience and what I'm talking about, that's what it was. Just me being attacked and like, 
oh, you need to do this. No, I'm not doing any of that. Number one, because I can't, because I go to work just like he do. I put on the same uniform as he does. So Mm -hmm. telling me, and then the whole telling me I need to get out and just be home with my kids. Okay. First of all, women put on the uniform every day who don't have a husband. Yeah. And they got children. Women wake up every day, still married, husband never served, go to the military and do their job and do it well and have a thriving family. Also, couples like me, women get up every day, husband in the military, wife in the military. They they do what they, they supposed to do for their kids, for their home life and make it work. You're not going to tell me, oh, because we run into like a challenge or an obstacle in this season that the answer is get out the military. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm sorry, that's not the only answer. That's just like saying divorce is the only answer. Hey friend, let me tell you about an amazing community I created just for you. If you're a military wife and that's whether you're the service member, the spouse or the transition vet, you'll want to know about Military Wives Collective on Facebook. This collective of military wives show up for each other, have hard conversations, and cultivate sisterhood across the ranks and beyond the uniform. From monthly events to weekly chats, this community will help you have fun and just let your hair down, combat the emotions of feeling alone and loneliness by connecting with a plethora of wives from different walks of life. Get resources and the inside scoop on events, courses, and coaching discounts that will be coming up specifically crafted for military wives, their marriage, and family lifestyle. If you're a military wife who is always looking for ways to connect, give back, and thrive in life, then this community is for you. To find out more, go to www.militarywivescollective.com. That's www.militarywivescollective.com to join. Just in my experience, I would always try to, that's why I started like, okay, I can't with you people. And I have to find these people who mirror my life and my lifestyle, who's had a couple of kids while they both serving in the military, right? who gets black issues. Cause let's be honest, that's important. Yes. So I can talk through something with, and, and, it, and if I think, cause sometimes it's not always racism. It could mm-hmm. just be favoritism. Yeah. But asking those people who are my mentors, like, hey, this is what I ran into at work. Do you think this is racist? Because I'm trying to play this over in my head. And if they they if they think it's just favoritism, then they'll tell me, hey, it may be this, but you still need to talk to them. Or, hey, it's definitely this. You need to go these avenues and do this right here. Mm-hmm. You know, so that's why it was important for me to get somebody who understood what I was going through Mm -hmm. and also too if I couldn't find anybody I would always pray and God would send me the person I needed yeah he would he would do that anyway but you know because I was already praying and he would send me people I didn't know I needed yeah because that's just how God works absolutely it's important to have that mentorship in your life to make sure Mm -hmm. that you're not just out here wilding and just yeah. being crazy because yeah. you want your marriage to thrive. You want your marriage to work. You want it to be fun. You don't want to feel like, oh my God, this is a whole nother job. Nobody wants to feel that way. Mm-hmm. So, and I feel like I always say marriage is not hard. Marriage is challenging because it's a challenge. It's a yeah. challenge in the parent and child relationship because it's a different personality. So yeah. what you have to find out and how to do is how to work well together. 
Mm-hmm. It's not a matter of changing yourself. You're becoming a better version of yourself. You're maturing, yeah. you're growing. And that should be done corporately as partners. Yeah. And, it, and that's in the Bible. So absolutely. I mean, even, even after, you know, 19 years, over 19 years of marriage, you know, that's something I'm still learning. I'm still learning how to uh, navigate my feelings and not, you know, to not be disrespectful to, um, you know, cause sometimes I like, that's my dog. So sometimes that's my little dog. Sometimes I might, you know, say something sideways, you know, but still being humble enough to say, you know what, what I said was, you know, sideways, I apologize, you know, just, just learning those little things or, you know, when he's talking to me, telling me his feelings about something that, you know, he didn't like or whatever the case may be, reflective listening, you know, I hear you say da 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 is that true? Is that what you're saying? You know, yes or no? Yes. Okay, well, this is how I'm approaching it. You know, just learning how to communicate um, in a way that's um, respectful, but also thorough. Right. You know what I mean? So, mm-hmm. and, and it's learned behavior and, and it took, it takes a lot of, you know, mentorship and just learning, you know, I never will forget that, you know, we have created this habit of always enriching our marriage some way, whether it was a conference or it was a, you know, a book or, you know, something, or even just a getaway. Right. And I never will forget. It's been, it was like two years when we didn't do anything. Like we didn't do anything. And our kids came up to us and they was like, y'all all right. Cause y'all ain't been to nothing. Like what's going on? And we was like, you know, we just been busy. We, we were just busy. We didn't know, but you know, that carries on a legacy, that quality communication, that quality maintenance of your marriage, that quality respect for each other. All of that stuff is leaving an impression on your children. And so they see when things are different, but they also get to see in their home growing up something that, you know, I didn't grow up with, my husband didn't grow up with, but because we took those steps to, you know, finding mentorship, finding, you know, education, practicing, you know, having given each other grace, all of that builds up for, you know, hopefully the next generation. And, you know, we can only hope that they, you know, learn something positive and and that they can carry that into their marriage and then they make an impact to their kids and on and on and on. That's the desire. That's the desire to have godly relationships godly communication yes and that's the goal for us to you know there were some times where i wasn't sure (laughs) if we would make it and i know many people wouldn't say that because they they try to put on the front i don't do that 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 i do not try to put on the front i feel like you can authentically connect with people when you are real and there Mm -hmm. has been times where i didn't think me and my husband would make it and I will tell you, because I know God and I hear him talk to me clearly, he'd be like, girl, <laughs> I'm going to need you to get that together because, yeah, mm-hmm. that was mm-hmm. you. Or like, if it was my husband that hurt me real bad, it's like, okay, 
I know this hurt it. It sucks right now. Mm-hmm. These are the steps you can take to heal. Mm-hmm. You can either heal or just cut him off. Obviously, the cut him off ain't gonna work because I mean you still gonna have the issues, you know. Absolutely. So Absolutely. it's like, do you still want to be married? Yep. Yes, I do. Mm-hmm. Okay. Do you want to work this out or do you want to still have this issue? I want to work this out and have this issue never happen again. Right. And it's so taking the steps to get there. It's not about just, you know what, you hurt my feelings. I don't like you anymore. Like I hate you forever. It's mm-hmm. it's not about that. It's about making your marriage work. And I get there are situations that are exempt from what we're talking about, but we're not talking about those situations. Right. We're talking right. about the everyday issue where yeah. it's like you didn't like that he ate all your leftovers. Cause that can cause an argument. I know I've been pregnant and my husband eat all my food and it's like, you took a pregnant woman's food. Why would you do that? <laughs> you know? And so yes. now if he leaves something there and it's something I eat, I will eat it all. Mm-hmm. And I will share with the kids. <laughs> you know what? My husband and I, we went through something. Um, I guess by now it's, it was a year and a half ago but it, it had persisted and okay so back go back this is when we came back from okinawa japan and that transition was very hard let me just put that out there that transition was very hard coming back to america it was so much easier going to japan than it was leaving like one i love japan but it was like the reverse culture shock of being back in america Yes. And then we were in San Diego. So it was the it was kind of the culture shock of West Coast. I'm from Virginia. So it was that culture shock as well. So that transition was really hard. But we were in this situ this weird funk where it was like I I'm I'm just tolerating him right now. And he was just tolerating me you know, and, and so it was really hard on our marriage. And, um, you know, to the point where when we got married, we said, we're not going to say the D word. (laughs) So we're not going to say the D word, but I was like, man, I'm thinking about that S word though. You know, like it was, it was, it was that serious. It was that serious. And so we, we would do things like, okay, let's just push the reset button. You know, let's just go back to you know, factory standards, right? <laughs> Push the- I so get that. Okay. And so we'll, so we'll like, okay, let's go on a date or let's do this. And, and, you know, we go on a date and, you know, we're, I'm talking to him cordially, but it, it wasn't no intimacy there. Like when I'm talking to him and when he's talking to me, it was just two people that was just talking. And, um, but we still have a high level of respect for each other we still have a lot of friendship towards each other. And the best advice that we've ever been given was to always stay friends. So we've maintained that. And in this hard time, we said, okay, we're still friends at minimum. I might not really like you that much, but you're still my dog, right? I still got your best interest in mind. You know, you still got mine. And then it came to a head and I was like, you know what? I'm tired of this. And I said, this is what I'm going to do behind his back. We Now, by this time we were stationed, we got stationed to Arizona where we are right now. 
And I said, this was, and this was about a year and a half ago. I said, okay, this is what I'm gonna do. I need you to take off on these days and you do what I tell you to do. And he was like, what? All right, whatever. You know, again, we're still friends. We're still cordial. We're respe respectful to each other. And I said, I'm going to kidnap you. And so I took him in my car. He packed his bags up. I said, you're going to need this. You're going to need that. And we drove up to Sedona. And I had like a little Airbnb. It was like in this little trailer that was like right next to all these trails and stuff. And we went hiking and we just went um, you, you know, just kind of hiking and just talking about things and not our issues, just about life and what we're seeing and things like that. So we had to create this level, this intimate situation where we were, you know, having to cross over dangerous waters or having to do something. And then we just sat and we just talked and we was like, listen, we're going to get it together. And it, and it was in that moment in Sedona where we were like, listen, we don't know what's going on. We're going to pray together about it. And we prayed and we was like, we're going to make this work. And so when you, when I always think about like, sometimes people will ask, okay, what is it that works for you guys? One, we vow to always be friends. And two, we're stubborn. We're two stubborn people. Like, Negro, you ain't going nowhere. <laughs> hey, look at me. You ain't going nowhere either. So I guess we're going to have to figure this out. We're going to have to figure this out. So we're, we're just two stubborn people. We're two stubborn people. We're too stubborn to quit. So that that's kind of our mentality. <laughs> no. No, we're going to figure this out. We're going to figure this out. Right. And you know what? I will say it takes a lot for me to get upset in general, mm -hmm. but when it comes to my husband, it's like he can set me off like that, and it's it's like that with anger. The simplest thing, like I feel like it's simple, like will hurt my feelings, and I'm like, what's wrong with me? Come on, girl, woman up, yeah. like why is you mad? You know, and sometimes it'd it be stuff that's like a big deal that really hurts me. And it takes me a minute to get over that. And he don't understand that. And so it's like, it, it's like trying to explain to him is like, so I know you probably think I got this like hard facade or whatever going on. And it, it I do feel like I'm hardcore at times, you know, but not in the way that you thinking, I think I'm hardcore in a different way. Like, yeah. I don't think I'm just this hard shell. I don't think that. But I think that's what people think. <laughs> so it's like, I'm not that. I'm thinking I'm hardcore and I can get stuff done. I know how to accomplish a mission. I, I get an idea in my head. I can make it happen. That's when, when I think hardcore, that's what I'm thinking. I think he makes something different because he be like, how you not over this already? I thought you was good. No, I'm not good. It still hurt my feelings. It's going to take me a while to get over it to process it don't mean I don't love you and just because I forgave you don't mean that it's just gonna poof and disappear that's mm -hmm. not what that means it's gonna take me a minute right to work that out and if you are still doing stuff that triggers me in that way chances are it's gonna be brought up 
So if I'm telling you this triggers me, when you do this, it triggers me. Just don't do the thing. <laughs> and then it will be a lot easier on me to kind of process that and try to heal from that. Because I don't like the term get over it. I don't feel like that's what we should be doing. I feel like we should be dealing with this thing and healing mm -hmm. from it. And so whatever the thing is for you. So for me, it's like I need to process it and think about it. And, you know, that includes thinking about why it hurts so bad. Why, why am I frustrated? All those right. things. That's not going to happen in 24 hours for me. No, it's not. That don't mean I can't forgive you. But that, that part right there is not going to happen in 24 hours especially if it's a reoccurring thing mm -hmm. and reoccurring meaning it happens more than once in your marriage. It don't matter if it's year after year. It don't matter if it's like one year, three years, five years at, at the, those marks. If it keeps happening or it's happening more times in the past, th that time right there where it's happening currently is going to be hurting more. Cause it's like, okay, after all this time, seriously, I know I can attest to that. And I know y'all listening to this. If y'all have been married, for a while, y'all can too. I know I've been married for 13 years and people look at me, oh, you don't look like you've been married 13 years. Thank you. Because I mean, don't I still like have been through. <laughs> right. <laughs> so it's like, I look up and say, dang, it has been 13 years that we've been married. You know, 14 that we've been together. Mm -hmm. And honestly, by the grace of God that we've made it thus far because marriage is work. It is. It doesn't mean... It's depressing and it's sad. When people people hear you say that marriage takes work, they think, oh my God, it's a job. It's going to be depressing. We're always going to be in the trenches. No, it just means that you're always working to better your marriage, to better yourself, because you always have to work on yourself. What's the difference? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. What's the difference? You want to grow as a person. Why would you not want to grow in your marriage? Mm -hmm. And that looks like sometimes investing in a marriage course, investing in a, a marriage Absolutely. conference retreat or something. Absolutely. I love Credo. I'm behind Credo and all those retreats. Oh, yes. But sometimes you need something more than that. Mm -hmm. Sometimes you need something that's outside of that like formal kind of structure because that those are formal. It don't matter what branch you're in. I've looked at them all. I've been to most of them. They are very formal and nothing's wrong with that. I love those. But sometimes mm -hmm. you need something outside of that to give you a different perspective. Mm -hmm. Because while we have stuff that's branch uh, specific, sometimes you need to be outside and it may be something that's geared towards military, but there, there's a different thing that happened when it's like all branches. Absolutely. Because you get to hear how common some of these issues are or how mm -hmm. you're not alone in some things that you may be feeling. So- and you won't always get that per se when you're with the same branch. Absolutely. Because sometimes Absolutely. you think just, oh, just Marines go through this? No, no. you surprised how Marines, sailors, soldiers, airmen and women, and all of the Coasties, I think is what they're called, I don't know. And now the Space Force. Yeah. You'll get to see how all of them have similar issues or a different issue completely. And you're like, mm -hmm. man, that's rough. Mm -hmm. you know and it also or even, or even or even civilian type retreats as right. well you know we can always go to things I'm, I'm always about learning so you can always learn something you know take the meat and spit out the bones you know right. but take something that's going to benefit you even if it's just a time where you can just 
be by yourself, you know, with, with your husband, you know, taking those moments and cherishing those moments. Cause you know, the reality is tomorrow's not promised, you know, and we just want to learn how to cherish the moments that we do have with, you know, with our spouses, with our kids, um, even with ourselves, you know, I don't, I don't, I think we really need to just cherish those moments and always be learning, moving forward, um, progressing. And, and like you said, marriage, yes, it is hard work, but it's worth it. You know, it's worth it. If it's something that you, uh, you know, two people come together, you know, it's worth it to, um, to, to make it work, you know, and if that means, you know, sometimes you might need to uh, work on yourself, husband need to work on himself, us need to work on it ourselves, you know, together, or even just, you know, kidnap them and go to Sedona, whatever. You said that and I was like, ooh, I got an idea. What if you take my husband on like a, a day trip for like a couple hours? Like, hey, take this day off. The kids will be away at camp. We can go somewhere that's not where we're currently at. So we're so we're at a stage where we can leave our kids. So well, they older. Mine's are like they older. Really yeah, yours is younger. Yours is younger. But yeah, we yeah we were gone for like three or four days. It was amazing. It was amazing. So I'll, I'll, I have something I to look forward say, to. I jokingly say, Sedona will get your life together. <laughs> <laughs> your life jacked up, go to Sedona. <laughs> well, we need to go somewhere. We're not completely jacked up, but, yeah. you know, our marriage could use some work, just like anybody else's. And, you Absolutely. know, the fact that you're willing to admit that your marriage needs work, I think is a sign of growth because, I feel like it's an immaturity issue when you want to put on a front. Absolutely. Because you can't, and you can't even get the help that you need, let alone your marriage, if you're just faking it. And definitely. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, I was just going to say, and definitely don't like make other people feel like they're not as, I guess, good as you, because then you're going to push away. You're going to deflect the help that you would have gotten. Absolutely. I, I'm, I'm gonna tell you something. We, one thing that my husband and I love to do is sit around people who just got married. Cause people who just got married, it's like they're wet behind the ears and they're like so in love and they're like, oh my gosh, you're the best thing since sliced bread. And oh my gosh, oh my gosh. And we like hanging around them because it's so refreshing and sometimes they will do something to eat for each other that will be like oh I need to step up my game so it's like hey we all need to we all need to just humble ourselves and realize that you know there's areas that we're still deficient in I don't care if you've been married for 50 11 years you know there's still work that needs to be done there's still self-improvements that you need to do. And there's improvements in the marriage and in the relationship that still needs to be done. And know? that's okay. That is <laughs> and it's okay. It's normal. Yes, it's normal. Yes. So yeah. that's huge. And, you know, first of all, I'm just so, so thankful that you decided to come on here and talk about this because I know it's, 
a continuation of conversations that's to be had on this podcast. Mm -hmm. And so marriage is great. Marriage really is. Yes, yes, yes. I know there are parts of it where you'll just be in the trenches, but I tell you, if you go through that and get on the other side, Mm -hmm. you're gonna see how beautiful it is. And Mm -hmm. every couple goes through it. Those that decide to stay in the fight, Mm -hmm. you know, we ain't retreating. Yeah. So it's, it's a beautiful thing. Marriage is fun. I, I just want everybody who's listening, those of you who are married and unmarried, relationships take work. And mm-hmm. you can either choose to focus on the not so good things or the good things and turn them into great things. That's not to say these not so good things, you just kind of don't address them. Address them, pray over them, pray for them. Focus on these good things and make them great things. Absolutely. Because when you choose to do that, your your mind, number one, is like in a whole different space. Mm -hmm. It's in a whole different space. And then you will see slowly your relationships start to transform. You can't just say, oh, my marriage sucks uh, and just hope and wish for it to get better. What are you speaking over your marriage? You have to speak that over your marriage. Mm -hmm. Like, yes, a season you may be in sucks. It's okay to say, man, this sucks, but this is what we're going to do. And not not only, not only what you're, what are you speaking, but who are you hanging around? Right. What are you listening to? What are you, what are you putting into your spirit that will make you say something, you know, say negative things about your marriage, you know? Mm -hmm. And so that has to, that has to change too your associations because even the bible says bad company corrupts good behavior you know and if you're hanging around people who you know cheating on the husbands cheating on the wives you know doing crazy stuff or or do, guess what that's what you're gonna do too I've, I've seen it time and time again time mm-hmm. and time again and so what we also try to associate ourselves with positive people people who are positive you know and so if you could leave the listeners with one thing today what would it be if I could leave you with one thing I'm going to leave you with the best advice that we've ever been given in relation to marriage and that is to always be friends always be friends always be friends you don't disrespect your friend you don't talk sideways to your friend. You don't, you know, talk behind your friend's back. You're open and honest with your, you know, your friend. Always be friends. Awesome. And thank you again for coming on and Absolutely. doing this. I really appreciate it. So before we get off of here, I want to leave you all with three things that you can learn from this conversation. So number one, you can push yourself while you push your spouse and even if you don't there are ways to recover she talked about that in the beginning you can push your spouse to go miles and miles towards their goals but make sure you don't forget about yourself even if it's a little delayed you can still say you know what this is what I've always wanted to do so and start taking steps to get towards that that goal number two 
everything you do leaves an impression. And if you don't have kids, it's going to leave an impression on somebody, whether that be your spouse, the people in your circle, anybody. So it's always going to leave an impression. I have kids. So I try to be mindful of the things I do and say, because I don't want them to repeat them, especially if they're bad, you know, and if they're great, obviously y'all repeat that all day long. (laughs) And number three, take moments, cherish them and always be in a position willing to learn. And when you do those three things, it can help you just transform in just the simplest way, because these are simple things. So thank you all for tuning in today. And thank you again, Robin, for coming on. Thank you. If you're interested in finding out more about me, the number one military marriage, family, and relationship coach, you can go to www.teresaalexis.com or connect with me on social at Teresa Alexis Speaks on IG, Facebook, and TikTok, and T Alexis Speaks on Clubhouse and Twitter. I hope you've enjoyed this episode. Be sure to subscribe and activate notifications so you don't miss out on any new episodes that go live. I'm excited going forward by how this podcast will impact your life and cultivate a better you and a better marriage and family dynamic. Now go forth and be awesome.